Good evening and welcome in to your favorite hour of the week. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, hanging out with the lead film and draft analyst. His name is Ken Swanson. Chris Unocero helping us out behind the glass. If you want to get involved, talk a little Chiefs with us, please do. The Protein House Eat With Purpose text line 69306. Contact us on Twitter at 610 Sports KC or at Arrowhead Pride. We'll be doing a live mailbag toward the end of the show, so get your questions in. Uh, we are coming off the Chiefs' best defensive performance in recent memory. 40-9 uh, victory over the Oakland Raiders. I like to do this whenever we start this show because I think on game day, you have raw emotion. Like You don't really know what to no. think. You got no. you got to watch it, you got to replay it, you got to look at the plays that you like. You got to let it sink in what it is all mean. So, Kent, I'm sure you've done that a number of times uh, by now. What did you take away from Chiefs Raiders? I don't think the Raiders are as good as Derek Carr thinks he, thinks they are. Did you hear him today? Making excuses, basically explaining away the performance of the Raiders. I think the Chiefs actually about turnovers. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like it, it, he was, he was ridiculous. Um, I, I thought, the, I thought the defense played phenomenally. I really do. I'm very optimistic about this group. And obviously, the Raiders didn't do much, but you know the two, the two plays that the Chiefs made uh, with, with the interceptions, big plays that were study in preparation. Right. I mean, that was those were those were you know anticipating those looks, anticipating those plays. I thought this group played a really well-rounded game. I think you got to be very optimistic about the defense. The offense, we'll get there. There's a lot to unpack with that group. I think there's there's a long way to go for this team, and and they just they're just not clicking on their all cylinders right now. Yeah, the interception by Tyron Matthew was really great because it it gave me the sense of that rookie Marcus Peters feeling that nose mm-hmm. for the football that mm-hmm. I just don't recall recently with Chiefs defensive backs and you, and then for almost immediately you know 20 30 minutes after whatever it was in real time his protege right. Juan Thornhill with the pick 6 it was a glimpse of the now and and for me the future and and man how long has it been since you've been excited about the defense right they didn't have very many ball skills in the secondary last year and i think you kind of saw that and i mean just even turning and locating the football a lot of the times was a challenge it's still a challenge for some of the players on this roster but right you're seeing some impact plays from the safety positions the safety group is is excellent you've got to be really optimistic about that group in particular so i think you know up the middle in the secondary you, you got you feel really good about that group I still think there's some questions about the corners, but the good thing is those safeties and the ball skills and, and the playmaking ability that they've put on tape for this entire season, I think helps that cornerback a little bit group, a cornerback group a little bit, and then they can kind of protect those corners a little bit. So I think it, it, it's they needed they needed to make some plays, they needed to show and put that on tape, um, and I think you know moving forward that's really going to help this group too. With the secondary playing so well, like makes you think of the offseason and how we were nearly crying for a cornerback or a safety. And they still need a cornerback. I, I, I know. I understand. Two cornerbacks. I Listen. Maybe I, four. I understand. I'm just saying I look at this moment right here, so now we're, we're getting ready for Patriots week. Or it's week 13. Going into the season, 
a lot of the assumption was Tom Brady and the Patriots offense, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. This is going to be an absolute shootout, just like last year. 30 points for each team in the AFC title game. And here we are, week 13, and we're in the twilight zone. (laughs) Tom Brady and the Patriots offense stinks. Since Patrick Mahomes has gotten back, it really hasn't been what we expected coming into the year. Nope. The Patriots have one of the better defenses in the league. And one of the strengths of this current Chiefs team, as is, <laughs> is the cornerback and safety play. And that's the game we're entering. And I am excited about Chiefs-Patriots. I, I really am. But this is not what we asked for or thought we'd get. You can't predict football. You can't predict sports. I think, here's the thing. The cornerback group, I think there's still some concerns about it. But here's the thing. We are three quarters away through the regular season. And it's like, you keep thinking it's going to come back to bite him. And it just hasn't. So, I mean, you've got to, it's an admirable job. I think it's a great job by Steve Spagnolo schematically. I think they've done a phenomenal job of playing team defense and maybe helping those cornerbacks a little bit. Um, I think they've done a good job up front affecting the quarterback enough. And I think the safeties has made, made, you know, some really good plays on the football. So you put it all together and, I mean, They've they've really done a great job playing this complimentary defense. They're protecting some of the guys that maybe, um, you know, maybe aren't aren't up to snuff necessarily, but they're they're hiding them well. And I think that's that's really op- that's something to be optimistic about moving forward. And hopefully that can sustain through the playoffs when the game changes a little bit and and the and the challenges become a little bit more daunting. I just think it's fun where the season stands. I love that the AFC West is over. With four games to play. I love that the AFC is wide open and anything can happen here. I'd like the Chiefs to have one less loss if you Mm could have gotten one of those games because then you'd be a little bit more in the mix. But if you win four in a row, I think you got a pretty good chance of at least playing yourself into a bye. And it starts with Sunday against the New England Patriots. And I talked about this on the drive, and Carrington kind of led me into it, to be fair. they need this game, I think, for their own self-confidence because you're not going to have a chance to do that again against the Bears, the the Broncos, and the Chargers. You should win all those games. This is a game that, and the last one, that is in question. And so I think that's why it's so big. So we're going to get into some Chiefs news. We're going to welcome on Craig a little bit later to talk about what he saw on film with the defense. Kent uh, dove into Mahomes, so we're going to talk uh, about that. Derek Nottie talked to us in the locker room. We'll, of course, go around the nation and we'll close this thing with the mailbag. But let's start with the Chiefs news from today. And it's the injury report. Again, injuries with this team. We thought they were healthy. Not so fast. (laughs) Four players uh, did not practice to start uh, Kansas City Chiefs Patriots week. Uh, Mo Claiborne, Rashad Fenton, two cornerbacks, and two running backs, Damian Williams and Darrell Williams. They all did not practice, but to me, it's still bearing the lead for Frank Clark being limited. Another issue for Frank Clark, and it's not the neck this time, it's the shoulder. When you look at all these injuries, Kent, how concerned are you? I mean, I I think you've got to be a little bit concerned about the cornerbacks potentially because I believe they only have three others on the roster. Uh, Bashad Breeland, uh, K. 
Kendall Fuller, who has not looked good and was actually playing a little bit of safety <laughs> last week, and then Trivarius Ward. So that's something to definitely be concerned about. The running backs, obviously, they brought Spencer Ware, and I think we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, those are concerned. But obviously, Frank Clark, if the, if the Chiefs are going to do something against the New England Patriots, I think you got to have Frank Clark on the field. I think you know he he has been able to impact plenty of games this year, uh, especially you know recently. Wasn't really able to affect it all that much. I think he had one big tackle for loss during that game last week. But if you're going to try to beat the Patriots in New England, I think you need to have you know your highest paid defensive player on the field. I get the Patriots didn't look good against the Houston Texans. I am in this mindset that the Chiefs can't make a mistake. They need everything in their power to beat this Patriots team. Absolutely. Frank Clark not to be healthy. I mean, this is a guy who stood there in the locker room and said, I can't perform if I'm not healthy. And here we go again with this limited practice. Like, if he can't be 100%, then he shouldn't go this weekend. So it remains to be seen what happens with that. The other news here, uh, we mentioned the two running backs that missed practice to start the week, Damian Williams and Daryl Williams. And so the Chiefs bring back a familiar face in Spencer Ware. When you heard this news, Ken, what did you think? Uh, well, I was a little bit worried about uh, about the running back health, obviously. I mean, that just kind of indicates that Daryl Williams is you know probably going to miss some time. And Damien probably is out too. I, would I, guess. I, I yeah, you. I, I was kind of assuming yeah. that honestly, but sure. you know, with Spencer Ware, like I think the, the important thing for Spencer Ware, and I, I'm very relieved that he's here because one of the things that he is very good at is pass protection, and the Chiefs need to protect Patrick Mahomes today or on Sunday, but just moving forward as well. And that is a steady presence, a guy that they can trust to to stay in and protect the quarterback, D- Darwin. It's up and down. It's pretty shaky. He can't just cut players like he does. Like that's basically the only thing he does in pass protection is just go at the knees. LaShawn McCoy, they've had issues with him already this season about knowing the protections. That's one of the reasons earlier in the season he kind of got in the doghouse a little bit. Like we gotta get him up to speed on the protections. Also, they need they need this. Uh, they needed Spencer Ware. Uh, he's not dynamic potential really anymore. But pass protection is gonna be so important the last quarter of the regular season and into the playoffs. I love Arrowhead Pride polls. We get so many votes every time. Polled our audience earlier this week. More than 3,000 votes. Should Darwin Thompson be this team's starter? 67%. Two-thirds of Chiefs fans are ready to give the starting running back position to Darwin Thompson. And I don't blame (laughs) him. I think he looked the best as far as running backs go in a long time for the Chiefs. I understand that is a raw reaction. I still... Very rough. Similarly <laughs> to I to the way I did uh, on Sunday, but you can understand why the Chiefs go and sign Spencer Ware. Andy Reid did make a point of it today to say he'll be involved, won't be in starter, uh, won't be with starting snaps, but he'll be involved on mm-hmm. Sunday. Let's say for argument's sake, the Chiefs have McCoy, Darwin Thompson, Spencer Ware, now wearing number thirty nine, by the way. And the sausage, Anthony Sherman, on Sunday. What do you think the carry split is there? As far as carries are concerned, I think it's going to be LaShawn McCoy leading the way, Darwin Thompson, and in spells. Uh, I actually, this is a crazy, I think Anthony Sherman will out carry Spencer Ware on Sunday. Wow. I don't know if Anthony. Not even asking for bold predictions here. It's not, no, I, 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 I don't know if Spencer Ware, he, Spencer Ware might out snap Sherman, though. I don't know how many carries Spencer Ware is actually going to get. I think he'll be kind of utilized in some, some, some you know third down work where they want to keep the back in and stuff like that. So, but I, I think Lashawn McCoy is going to wind up getting the majority of the load. And good on Andy Reid, I guess, for the load management thing because turns out 
they kind of need LaShawn McCoy now. They kind of need him to kind of step in in a very hostile environment. I don't think you want Darwin Thompson having to lead the way in such a uh, insane environment to start off his career with like that. The ball is your baby. The ball is your baby. The ball is your baby. Don't drop the football, Sean. Hold it in, and I'll feel a little bit better about it. I think there's a reason to put Darwin Thompson in the game and get him some more snaps. Because you saw toward the end of the game. I understand it was garbage time. It was. It felt like the Chiefs needed yardage, and for the first time they could get it while the opposing team knew exactly what they were doing. Like, when is the last time we felt that when Kareem Hunt was here? Okay, I'm I'm as big of a Darwin Thompson fan. I, I was early on Darwin Dietrich. Thompson. With the with the KC draft guide, we had high regards for him. We liked him better than where he was drafted. We thought he was a better player than where he was taken. I'm a Darwin Thompson fan. I just want to pump the brakes a little bit. It was it the the game was out of hand. The Raiders quit. They ran the football well. Don't get me wrong. Darwin Thompson had some very splashy plays. Okay. He averaged four hours a carry. Sure. I just I, 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 I don't want, want I don't want to get I, I understand. It, and I'm just telling you, Kent. Don't be left at the station when the D train <laughs> blows the final whistle. It's a lot of offensive talk. We're to get into this defense, which was the star of the show on Sunday. After the break, we'll talk to defensive film analyst Craig Stout. You're not gonna want to miss it. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio. Big night, Wednesday of Patriots Week. Pete Sweeney, Chris Unocero, Kent Swanson. We're excited. Very. Can't you tell? Yeah, I can hear it in your voice. I know. No, I'm I'm irrationally excited for this football game. Have to be. It's a prove it week. Yeah. I mean, it's the last big test for this football team. And it's probably, I mean, let's be honest. Patrick Mahomes didn't play against the Vikings or the or the Packers, so they really haven't had a big test like this since the Ravens. And this is a road game. It's been a long time. Road test. Real excited. With that in mind, let's welcome on our defensive film analyst, uh, Craig Stout. The best defensive performance in a while. I want to open it up. What did you see just in general out there on Sunday? Boy, I really love what Steve Spagnuolo did to take away the horizontal passing game that the Oakland Raiders brought to the table last weekend. They knew that Derek Carr wasn't going to be a serious vertical threat. So Spagnuolo used a little bit more man-match coverages, some cone techniques to kind of help against some condensed splits. It was just great. It was a great game plan by him. They didn't get much help from the pass rush. The run defense was pretty poor, and it didn't really matter because the game plan was solid out of Spagnolo. and Derek Carr just frankly wasn't very good despite what he said in his press conference today. <laughs> You've got a good eye for this, and one thing I remember during the training camp aspect of this was Steve Spagnuolo said, this is going to take time. This is going to take the players who have never played before playing with each other, adapting to a new scheme. You're a guy who's focused on this since week one. What have you seen when it comes to the progress week one to week 13? Oh, there's definitely been progress. It may not be in the run defense, although it seems guys understand generally where they're supposed to be. They're just maybe not winning their one-on-one battles or, you know, getting quickly enough to the gaps. But especially on the back end, 
Week one, they were still sorting out the communication. Tyron Matthew was playing a deep safety role and was trying to get those guys a little more organized on the back end. Now, as he's kind of transitioned to this slot corner role for the Chiefs after Kendall Fuller's uh, you know, injury, it's turned into Tyron Matthew having direct traffic from the slot. And it took him a little bit to even get that down. This week, we got to see a lot more understanding. Juan Thornhill, Bashad Breland, able to talk to each other, sort things out quickly. And on Juan Thornhill's interception, they did that, and he was able to drive downhill on that play. It just seems like things are coming a little more second nature, and you're seeing that on the back end. Guys are in the right spots. Guys are in good positions. You're not seeing as many blown coverages. Like If they continue growing like this, this is, this is fantastic. We saw last year under Bob Sutton that they didn't really get it at, at all throughout the entire season. This year on a completely new defense, these guys have picked it up really, really quickly. It's great to see. Craig, we are 75% done with the regular season. You and me, Matt Matt Lane, we've all been talking about the need for the cornerback position. But we're, we're 12 games in. They haven't been burned massively by the cornerbacks. They gave up four catches for 38 yards last week. How sustainable is this cornerback group, and is it going to come back to bite us? Uh, it's probably going to come back to bite us <laughs> at a certain point. I I don't think it'll happen throughout the rest of the season, though. Honestly, if you look at the types of offenses that they're playing, the Patriots, the Broncos, although it remains to be seen what Drew Locke is going to be you know, over the next couple of weeks, but Mitchell Trubisky, Phillip Rivers, none of these quarterbacks are really going to test vertically the cornerbacks. And so they kind of get to sit on these shallow routes a little more. That's their forte. We will see once we get to the playoffs, if they get to see Lamar Jackson again, if they get to see Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans again, a little bit more of a vertical threat. The last time the Chiefs played the Texans, they were a bunch of drop balls away from that being an awful performance by the cornerbacks. So we'll see if they've gotten stuff together a little bit more. That's really going to be the true test is how they perform in the playoffs because it's going to be a lot different than what they're seeing here at the end of the year. It's the voice of Craig Stout, our defensive film analyst at ArrowheadPride.com, just has a new article up early this morning today. You can find it on the website. You scroll down a little bit. Against the Raiders, the Chiefs made a bad defense look, or I'm sorry, a bad offense look worse. You mentioned Kendall Fuller in the article, and he drew a lot of attention because he was getting, getting some different looks in his return to the lineup. What did you make of the way Spagnolo utilized Fuller this week? Well, they really kind of used their safeties a lot more forward. They, you know, in a quarter scheme where they had the safeties playing a lot closer to the line of scrimmage to yeah. both help with run defense and to rob some of those intermediate routes. Like I said, the vertical routes weren't necessarily as important to cover this week. And when Kendall Fuller came into the game, in the dime defense, uh, that's when Steve Spagnuolo has actually been bringing in his third corner. Not in the nickel, he usually goes three safeties there, but the dime defense is when they brought in Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller played a lot of split safety looks deep next to Juan Thornhill and a, and a rep for sure of Kendall Fuller playing a single high safety with both Thornhill and Matthew up in the box. It's just different. It's more things that Steve Spagnuolo has put on tape. I'd be very curious to see if that sort of stuff continues because the Chief Safety Group is definitely their strength. 
And so I think that they're leaning on it a lot more, putting these playmakers in good positions to sort of disrupt the timing, disrupt the routes, and it's working so far. Craig, I'll get you out with this. Um, as you look toward Patriots week, what type of strategy do you envision will be more of what you saw last week versus the Raiders, or you think this is a whole new ball game for the Chiefs? I do think that it's a little bit different of a ball game. You can't count out Bill Belichick and Tom Brady at any point. The execution is going to be significantly better than we saw against the Raiders. And I just think that James White and Julian Edelman are worse matchups for the Chiefs than Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, you know. That group of guys is good, but it's not necessarily the same sort of threat that Edelman and White are. I think that they're going to put a safety on White all day long. It remains to be seen whether or not that safety can blank him because they're also probably going to need a double Edelman in the middle of the field. Really lean on those cornerbacks to have to do their business out wide against some receivers that maybe aren't the best in the league but can create a little bit at the catch point. It's Craig Stout. You can catch his fine work at arrowheadpride.com. Against the Raiders, Chiefs made a bad offense look worse. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Chris. All right, let's turn the page now to uh, what was Patrick Mahomes this week. Um, You dove into this. The offense as a whole, even with the point output, and it's weird to say, Mm -hmm. it's weird to get 40 points. Right was not what we continue to expect from the Chiefs' offense. When you watched the film, what were some of the things you noticed? Well, it was nine points defensively, but, I mean, 31 points. I, right. I'm still, like, right. I'm, I'm stunned that this group was able to do that. It, it, it did, there's, there's no rhythm right now for this offense. There is a lot of inconsistencies. The play calling does not look like we're used to seeing when yep. it comes to this football team. Um, I, I think Patrick Mahomes, since he's got back, looks a little bit skittish. Uh, I really do. I think, you know, there's a little bit of a lack of a trust with the interior offensive line. There's, there's a lot of little things that are going on with this football team offensively, and it's all contributing to a lack of rhythm, a lack of um, um, fluidity to this offense, and, and you're not seeing as many explosive plays because of it. There's, there's a lot of little moving pieces, parts here, be it, you know, the lack of continuity with all the injuries, be it Mahomes maybe a little bit timid in the pocket with the interior offensive line, not trusting him, um, you know, be it Tyreek Hill, not being able to use him as a chess piece with a lot of the shifts and motions because of the hamstring. There's right. all these little things that are going on with this group that if they get them all figured out, they're going to be the same group we're ex- ex- expecting to see. But, I mean, 31 points, it's hard to be too negative about it. But at the same time, that didn't look good. There was like They had like 250 yards of offense. There's a lot to little things to be concerned, and they got a huge test this week, the biggest test of the season. If they don't get it right, it could get it could get ugly. I think one thing that was noticeable was you saw a few times where you're right. Instead of stepping up in the pocket, Mahomes was choosing. It seemed almost to throw these Kobe Bryant, Kobe falling back right. passes, right. and so it was worth asking Mahomes. Is he feeling a little bit uncomfortable stepping up into the pocket? Yeah, I, mean, I definitely feel confident. I mean, we've kind of gotten our, our, our whole O-line group back now, and so I feel like I've gotten better and better at stepping up. I think as seasons go on, uh, I kind of mentioned it during the bye week, I feel like there's sometimes I drift back, and I just have to keep working on keeping hitching and hitching in the pocket whenever I, I have a clean pocket so I can make those throws downfield. So that was a good answer. It's, it's a lot of confidence, but he did say 
it is something they noticed. But they more it, or less. Yeah, but like I don't think the tape necessarily matches that. Yeah. Like I, I didn't see him stepping up in the pocket a lot. I didn't see him, you know, hanging in there. I think he was early to exit the pocket several times this week. Um, so like I mean, I, I'm, I, I obviously he's not going to put his offensive line on of course, blast. Of he would never. And I don't want to get too far down the line of criticizing Mahomes because his poorer performances is still very, very good. And he's one of the best. I think he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. But even kind of when you heard him talking about when he came back from his injury, he's talking about um, how he's wearing a little bit of a knee brace, right. mostly for his own confidence, right? I wonder if there's just a little bit of 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 confidence lacking in you know the offense. I mean, there has to there be. has to be. He's a human. Like we forget that about him. <laughs> right. He dislocated he, his knee. Right. There it, has to be some thought in his mind. This could happen again. And a lot of the injuries that he's sustained and the reaggravations of his ankle, Cam Irving, um, you know, they've come from from pressure up front. He's gotten his legs caught on his offensive lineman because they're getting walked back into him and all that stuff. So. I, I don't think I, I don't think the statement today necessarily matches everything we, we've seen on tape. The problem is the interior offensive line isn't playing good. Like it, it's not like he doesn't have any reason not to be right. nervous about them. And they're going up against a team that is going to do everything they can to attack the interior offensive line with twists and stunts up front. It's going to be aggressive and it's, it's it, 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 that they've got to figure some things out this week. The defense needs to keep it up, and the offense needs to clean it up, and we'll see if that happens on Sunday against the New England Patriots. When we come back, we'll talk about Brendan Daly week and Brady versus Mahomes 3. That's next on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. So, how'd it go? What? Did you make the team? Am I looking at the new starting point guard? I got cut. All my friends made the team, though. I'm going to have FOMO all season. Oh, son, I'm so sorry. You know, I've been in your shoes before. Yeah, I used to miss all my favorite NBA games. I had so much FOMO, too. But then I switched to DirecTV, and they also gave me this season of NBA League Pass. Now I can watch the NBA wherever and whenever I want. So how does that help me make the team? Uh, Honestly, son, we both knew it was a long shot. Yeah, we're more of a chess team type family. TV without NBA League Pass is just kind of TV. Switch today and find out how DirecTV will give you this season of NBA League Pass. Don't just kind of TV, DirecTV. Out-of-market games only. Blackout rules apply. Restrictions apply. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. The North Pole is where toys come from. And Northern Tool is where tools come from. Northern Tool has the best brands and the best gifts. High-powered holiday gifts up to 75% off. Save $40 on a kindling cracker firewood splitter, now only $59.99 while supplies last. Get to Northern Tool for gifts that keep on building. Northern Tool and Equipment. Quality tools for serious work. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. It's all building up to Chiefs and Patriots this Sunday. This is the game Kent, when the schedule comes out. I mean, everyone is circling this one. So the week is finally here. But there's one person 
in Kansas City who probably circled it in a highlighter in bold faced print in different colors, maybe a rainbow. <laughs> and it's a man named Brendan Daly. Oh. If you don't remember, let me refresh. Brandon Daly was a defensive assistant for the Patriots in 2014. Then the Patriots defensive line coach from 2015 to 2018. This past year, when the Patriots defensive coordinator role opened up, Flores to Miami, Belichick originally went with Greg Schiano. Uh, so Daly, whose wife happens to have roots in Kansas City, left uh, for Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs, Schiano eventually resigned and some thought maybe Belichick would reach back out to Daly and say, right. come be my defensive coordinator. Didn't, didn't wind up happening. And so what you had is a situation where Daly just has now continued to be what is called the run game coordinator, which is usually just a title and the defensive line coach for the Kansas city chiefs. So today in the locker room, we asked Derek Nottie about what has come, become Brendan Daly week. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I was thinking about this Monday morning when I woke up. I said, uh, BD, he's uh, this, this is his game. This is his week. I already know. Walked in, said, let's, who, let's give you a, let's, who knows the backstory of the pictures? I'm like, because you tell us this every week. So I feel like you really want to tell us. I mean, I like, but with him knowing the atmosphere inside and out. He know he has good detail. He has a new he has a good idea what to expect um, from the officers officer side. And knowing uh, being around the officer line for a long time, he knows the he knows what makes him tick. So he knows some things that honestly we don't know being around them. So I feel like this week this will be a great week for him. Is there a feeling amongst the room that you want to get this game Honestly, I won't get this win because we want to win. But at the same time, and everybody in that room is is our segment, so we we're, we're really trying to fight for each other. So we're winning for each other. He's part of the room. He's part of the say. He win this. We in this together. If I'm understanding this correctly, Brendan Daly has walked in every week and asked the line as a joke. It sounds like. Do you guys want to know the backstory of the New England Patriots? <laughs> so if you don't think he's not thinking about this game. This is going to be one that he's going to want to get. And good luck, Tom Brady. Well, especially if he got turned down for potentially, you know, right. a, a, a promotion right. there. I'm sure Brendan Daly is going to want to show them what's up. And Brandon Daly, I mean, you know, we're talking about Chiefs defensive coaches, so not everyone is familiar with all the guys under Spags, but he is an intense yes. human being. I mean, he looks like a man that wants to eat you. And here's a quote. I, I pulled this quote from Steve Spagnolo from back in May when the staff was coming together, the, the year was coming together. Brendan went up there and learned from one of the best, if not the best, coach in football, Coach Belichick, said Spagnolo. He's brought a lot of that here. I pick his brain, you know. What would Bill have done here? So it's nice to have a good resource to go to. This is a really fun storyline underlying like all the players and Brady and Mahomes and so on. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I'm kind of curious to see how valuable some of that information winds up being to this football team. I think one of the things I was curious about, curious about when he first got here and and during the off season, during the summer, is you know not just on the not just on the you know the defensive side of things, but like I'm curious if him and Patrick Mahomes sat down. Or him and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and yeah. said, hey, look, this is what we wanted to do against you, Pat. These are the things that we saw from you that we were going to try to take away. These are the pressure looks that we thought we could get you on. These are the things that we're worried about. 
So I, I just wonder if some of that stuff and some of those things that they can lean on from him in this situation actually wind up helping them today and, and, and maybe even in January if they have to play him again. So that is interesting to me. What's fun is I believe we're getting Brendan Daly tomorrow, Thursday. We will get Daly and a couple of the other assistant coaches. Uh, so look for that on arrowheadpride.com. Some other news along the defensive line, and we missed this because we were beginning the show, but the Chiefs have designated Xavier Williams to return potentially. That's kind of surprising. I, didn't, I, I personally thought that he was one of the players that was done for the season. Yeah, and I mean, I, it might just be partially that they don't really have a ton of people that they feel great about bringing back either. Like, I I don't think this moves the needle for me So he's, much. A, he's a maybe, what you're saying. Because now, yeah. so if he starts practicing, the Chiefs have three weeks right. to activate him or a season is done. Right, and I don't know how many other options. It sounds like Emmanuel Ogba is not coming back, and a lot of the guys outside of him were guys that were put on the IR before the season started. So I he he... he there's no point in not bringing him back at this point, potentially. See what you got in practice. See what you got for three weeks. See what's going on. He's an experienced guy. He's been part of the system for a long time, and you never know. Like, that's the other thing. You don't know what's going to happen in the next two or three weeks. If one other, another lineman goes down, you've seen how these teams had to kind of piecemeal things together along the interior anyway. So there you have it. That's our defensive line talk. I just want to get into quickly Mahomes versus Brady 3. This is something we've been waiting for for a long time. One of the questions I had for Patrick Mahomes today was, Brady's not playing the best. He's, what, 43, 44 years old now. This could be the last chance that you have to go against him. Is that maybe motivating you? This could be Mahomes-Brady, Mahomes-Brady 3, your last shot. Could be. Yeah, I mean, I've known for a while that it's not going to be the last year anytime soon. I mean, he's still playing at a, a high level, and the, I mean, in, unless he just doesn't want to play, which I don't see. I mean, I, I guess I expect to see him for a, uh, at least a couple more years. And I mean, whenever you play play a guy uh, like this who's who's won all these these championships, you want to go out there and give your best effort, of obviously, and you want to try to find a way to win. But uh, at the same time, it's a team it's a team game, and we're going to go out there and just try to do whatever we can to come out with the win. Kent, we'll dig you deeper into this at the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate 125 on Sunday, two hours before the game right here on 610 Sports Radio. But as we look at this matchup from Wednesday forward, what do you expect? I, I think it's, I think Tom Brady is going to bounce back pretty good here. I, I really do. And I think this is a good week for him because I think the Chiefs will struggle to deal with James White and deal with Julian Edelman, his two best, yeah. most reliable targets. So I think this is a get-right game for Tom Brady. I like how, I like how you know, Pat's just like, he's never going to die. It kind of just felt like that just kind of <laughs> in the back of his mind. He knows like Tom's going to play till he's 60. Mahomes is a big challenge for him. Uh, he kind of talked a little bit today about kind of trying to, you know, manage the, you know, the excitement, the energy, um, all that kind of stuff because he was a little bit excitable the first couple times and maybe, you know, kind of felt pressure a little bit. But um, I think, I think the Patriots are going to bring it at him and I think they're going to challenge the interior of that offensive line and he better be ready. If he if he was skittish in the pocket last week, it's not going to work this week, buddy. I think I look at this matchup, and if you can for a second take your Chiefs fandom out of it, and even if you're a Patriots fan, you're a Patriots fandom out of it, these are just two uber-competitive guys who right now for the past week or so with Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady struggling a little bit have been doubted. Yeah. And I could see them both coming into this game and saying, you forget about us? Mm -hmm. Let's have a shootout on national television or almost national television because of the late game uh, that CBS protected. But still, everyone's eyes, like last week with 49ers and Ravens, will be 
on this football game. So here's what's happening. Uh, coming up next, we're going to do the Around the Nation, and after that, we'll do a live mailbag where Kent and I will take your comments, your questions. If you want to submit one, Protein House, eat with the purpose, text line 69306, or tweet to us at Arrowhead Pride. But, but, but first, like I said, we'll go Around the Nation. That's next on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. I found him. It's, it's Rant. Our friend Rant is here. I, I, I don't <laughs> think that counts. 10-2 and two on the year for the Patriots. Their two losses are against Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. So they need Mahomes to, to complete the trio. Mahomes will be aided by the defense who's playing well. Here's NFL Network's Charlie Casterly on the Chiefs defense. Here's what they have. They've got a chance because you know they don't have to shut people out. If they hold people to 20 points, they'll probably win every game. But, but here's where they've gotten better. Communication. Steve Spagnola's defense is built on pressure packages, but it's also built on the communication to make sure people are covered up. So they've gotten better in that area. They've gotten more healthy in the defensive line. Now they've got Frank Clark back. Now they have Chris Jones back. Now they have Alex Okafor back. That's their best players, and they've got them together, and they didn't have them before. Charlie feels good about the Chiefs defense. I mean, I feel better about the Chiefs defense. I don't know if I feel good yet. I mean, we'll see. I, I, there's a lot to be excited about this, this group, but like, I, this is a really bad matchup for the Chiefs defense. Just flat out, even though the Patriots haven't been playing well, James White and Julian Edelman can wreck this football team. Well, even in last week's game, even though the defense played really well, Josh Jacobs still had his numbers. I mean, he still got over 100 yards. Of course, James White is completely different. I mean, it's a passing threat more so. James White's the guy you worried about out of the backfield. You're worried about uh, one of the linebackers having to cover James White running on a route out of the backfield. The Patriots are one of the worst rushing football teams in the National Football League. So even the inept, uh, at times, rush defense of the uh, of the Chiefs may not matter all that much because this team's not good at running the football either. Um, you know, and even like the... I, I just don't want to get too beat up about the run defense because the Chiefs just won 40-9. to They dominated that football game. And the Raiders ran the football well. Like, what's the big deal? Can I tell you something? I, I'm amped. It's Wednesday and I'm amped. I'm, so I'm I can little... only imagine my energy 125 Sunday, the Arrowhead Pride tailgate as driven by Aristocrat Motors. I'm excited for it. Uh, so we'll be Me back too, then. But before we close up shop, it's time for the AP Live mailbag. How much of a swing do you think the spread will go up and down from plus three for the Chiefs? I don't think it's going to change all that much. I think it's going to stay pretty steady. Uh, and I think the Chiefs will be underdogs. Bold prediction. Chiefs win 31-17 with a pick six by Charvarius Ward. That would be kind of poetic since he had an interception taken away from him in the AFC Championship game. Thanks, D. Ford. Even though we couldn't beat Tennessee on the road, do you think we can beat New England on the road? Yeah, they can beat New England on the road. They should have beat the (laughs) Titans by 30 points. So, yes, they can do it. They got to play their best football, and I hope they can. Titans was anything that can go wrong will go wrong, and it did at the end of the game. Uh, Our friend Nick, MV Pinnell, will steal Brady's soul this weekend. He's going to come screaming through the Patso line like greased lightning. The dude is a cheat code. The dude is a game breaker. <laughs> Tony Michelle and James White straight going to pee their pants when they see his game. MV Pinnell coming. I think this is a Mike Pinnell revenge game, too. This is former New England Patriot Mike Pinnell. I That's think right. he got released this year by them. So, I mean, don't sleep on the, on the Mike Pinnell revenge game. 
Hear me out. McCole Hardman will explode in the playoffs. When everyone is getting double teamed, they will leave single cover- coverage on Mahomes. I'm sorry, on McCole. Is my theory crazy? I just feel like he's been underutilized. I'm waiting for McCole Hardman. The next time McCole Hardman does good against press coverage will be the first time. So let's just see. Let's if he can go. If he can get uncovered this week, this is a big test for him against a tough physical man coverage. If he can get free from that, yeah, he could be an explosive player and really scare some defenses and add a new dimension. Loves the nickname Jet, but right now he's a little bit more Inspector Gadget, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, and that's a really good transition there, Pete. Uh, no vertical threat down the field and, and plays behind the line of scrimmage. That's what he's good at right now. Uh, Stacy says, "Why have the Chiefs' play calls been so bland lately?" I think it's a little bit of everything. I think they were a little bit um, timid to try to do too much in Estadio Azteca with the field. I think they're trying to keep you know Tyreek Hill fresh with some of the shifts and motions because he's a guy that they move around a lot and they have a lot of success moving him around. Um, and I, I don't think Andy's been on his game. I, I kind of wonder if some of that is maybe a little bit of timidity from Mahomes. Nick asked, should I care about Xavier Williams' possible return? The answer is no. We already kind of answered that. Uh, yeah. What can Mahomes do to get back to MV Pat form? I think if he just gets in a little bit more of a rhythm, a little bit more confidence in what he's seeing up front, a little bit more trust in his offensive line, things are going to be turn around really quickly. They're going to be just fine, and Andy will help him eventually. Here's from Captain Corbin Richard. The 10-yard lob pass to Travis Kelsey was a terrible throw. The 10-yard lob pass? Which one? That. I don't know. Is he thinking of the Sammy Watkins pass? where He, he can't be talking about the one where he was – falling back and hit him right in the middle of the field oh maybe maybe that was it that was a fine play that was that was a calculated risk Mahomes is capable of executing it and most other quarterbacks in the world can't here's a that. good question that I like is signing Spencer Ware just going to be CJ Spiller 2.0 <laughs> he just keeps getting put on see him. that you know I wouldn't be surprised if it's just kind of like hey Spencer you know come here help us in pass protection for a couple weeks but if Spencer Ware proves himself capable in pass protection they're going to be just fine and he'll he'll have a job for the remainder of the season do you show the whole playbook this weekend in New England or you just take a road loss and save it for the playoffs? This was something I asked Andy Reid, and he basically was like, there's enough variety to try to win this football game. I do think you save probably some of your best stuff if the game's in hand. I mean, they're they're pacing themselves. They're gonna hold some stuff back during the, the postseason or during the regular season, but they'll 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 do enough and they'll have enough creativity out there that, you know, they'll they'll be fine. They'll they'll be able to do it. Ben asked, did DT get snubbed from the NFL one hundred list? Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's ridiculous no that's that's a ridiculous and and an egregious mistake by the nfl i'm a little salty about that one i'll be real with you more questions about xavier williams very quickly as we close down the show uh, dusty likens coming up next how much can williams help the run defense if he returns i mean he's not been like an overly impressive player in his two years here he knows the system i think that's valuable so if you know something happens they need they need some you know depth he'll he'll be in there Don Julio asks, when's Andy going to release the plays he's been holding? I'm ready for the Pat plays. Where's the index Where stack of Pat are plays? the Pat plays? Where I are they? Haven't seen them yet. Want to, want to thank Craig Stout uh, for joining us. Chris Unocero always does a good job. Chiefs and Patriots Week will have you covered at ArrowheadPride.com all week. Again, the Arrowhead Pride tailgate starts at 125 on Sunday uh, Dusty Likens coming up, filling him in for Bink. Uh, he's up next. For Ken Swanson, I'm Pete Sweeney. We thank you very much for listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Have a good night. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. 
Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.